So, I'm just gonna... one thing I wanted to, uh, obviously, in the community, something that uh, we truly believe in, and, and I'm constantly discussing this, is community involvement. So with Gilmore's and something my father's instilled in me is we don't exist without the community. So it is our responsibility to give back to the community. And that's something we believe so strongly in. And, you know, obviously you and I, we briefly chatted before, but I, I, I'm intrigued and very impressed at your community involvement. I have no idea how you find the time to be able to be involved. Like, it, <laughs> man, it's, yeah. it's obviously. Neither do I sometimes. <laughs> just, <laughs> your wife happens. must hate you sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you, you have two kids, your wife. So, I mean, three, like, three how kids. do you find the time? Three? Yeah, three kids. Three, oh. seven, six, and three. And it's, uh, you know, I, I, I give all the credit to my wife, uh, a superhuman being, uh, just so supportive. And she, she'll be the one to say how much time is spent outside the house. She, she says it, she hears it, she feels it. Uh, you know, but let's just be honest, community is, is everything. I think uh, we're here to help others. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's not about, uh, you know, everything for yourself. I think the real secret to life is the time we put into our community and to others. And I really believe that. And, 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 and doing it over the years, that's what you get out. You, you feel good. It fills your soul when you're, when you're working for your community and helping others. And that's my, that's my talent. I've, uh, that was what I was, I was given. I'm, I'm blessed to have that. And we're, and we're blessed to have what we have with our business. And it's only through giving back that, that you actually get everything out of that. And, and honestly, I, I love every minute of it. I love being a counselor. I love the organizations that, that do so much in this region that we can be a part of. And, uh, you know, that it's, it's just, is something that, that is, that I learned from my father and my grandfather, both of them put all the, the time into the community that they could, they believe in it. And I believe in it. And honestly, uh, you, you make the time you, uh, you know, I think in business, we're lucky and fortunate to have so many good people that, that work very hard. And, and for us, we have a great staff, over a hundred staff uh, that work for us uh, at all. Uh, the management team that works for us is just incredible. All female management team uh just just amazing and uh you know at the end of the day then you make the time for the the community and those organizations my father did it uh, even as mayor consistently put more time into the community and uh it's just something you do i think uh, an analogy was i remember years ago hearing uh, air traffic controllers uh they don't land planes they determine uh what planes land at what time and, and, and in life you're an air traffic controller you know is it your family that you're controlling at that point and you spend the energy on is it the business and is it the community so you learn a lot of times what to handle at that time but you don't lose focus on uh, that all those planes are in the air and uh yeah. and then you uh you just go from there i i like that a lot and obviously you know community involvement it takes up a lot of time but there's a saying that I truly believe in and it it goes like if your business isn't growing then you're dying so yeah. how do you how do you continue to grow these businesses 
well, you, you, you've got your hand in so many different things. You're strategic. You know, it's the same that I looked at that we oftentimes miss in government. You have to be strategic. You have to have goals and measurables and then track those goals and those measurables. Uh, in business every year, we have budget planning and you have strategic planning and you have a business plan. So you're always looking at your you know, new customers, uh, new markets, uh, new innovation, and, and you track that. I mean, obviously COVID threw us, you know, uh, threw us on our, in our year. Uh, it's a whole different year, so you turn that a little bit, but you're always forecasting what's coming next. Uh, it's the same in government and same in your life. You have to really have goals to what you want to achieve. Otherwise, you're just putting up fires. You're not, uh, you're not looking at, uh, at, at anything in terms of uh, an outcome or measuring that. And measuring it is really important. And then celebrating those goals, right? Having milestones and celebrating them. Uh, for Williams Hotels, we had 40-year anniversary last year, which is pretty significant. And then you're also looking at what the next 10 years are always out in the next five years. Uh, because that's the way you track it and then you can track your progress. But uh, same with the community. Uh, you know, there's things that we want to see here. Uh, and, and I think it's a thing that's lacking in government. I'll say that I fought for as a counselor that we have a 12-year strategic plan. We don't have it yet. Uh, and, and because of that, we're missing some things that we could be doing, right? So being strategic is, is incredibly important because it sets goals and it allows you to track them. And uh, business, uh, that's, that's all we do in business. So having obviously a good management team like you spoke on, people you can trust, people, my brother always says, you're riding a bus, you need to have the right people on the bus, but they also have to be sitting in the right seats. So how, and this is a question from me to you, how do you find those people? Because I mean, I never lose hope of in people. But you always hear, you know, the younger generation, the younger generation, and our generation talked about us, we talk about younger people, and they're lazy, or they don't want to work. I don't believe that. But how do you find the right people? And how do you put them in the right seats? You know, it's, it's, it's difficult, but it's the most important thing you can do, right? I really believe in teams, teams, not only, uh, for what you work for in business, but around business. So, you know, we have, for instance, uh, great accountants and bankers uh, that work with us, right? We have uh, incredible, you have an incredible lawyer. You have, you know, teams aren't just uh, that, that business, but it's important. So I think it, it takes a lot of work. Uh, you don't normally just find someone, but we like to cultivate uh, and team building those that have worked with us uh, for a long time and, and build positions for them. Our uh, manager that's been with us now uh, 34 years, almost 35 years wow. here at our town place, Marriott, is uh, Georgia McLean. And she started as a desk clerk uh, with the Four Seasons before we bought it in 1984 and it became the Ramada, which is uh, now I think the Ramada again back down on the waterfront. Uh, but, uh, you know, training, making sure that when employees are working for you, you're, you're giving back to them and they're getting training they need to, to move up in the system. Uh, that, that's the key. I think, uh, I have a, a new manager, uh, Tanisha Porter from the best Western when I left there uh, last year, moved her up and she's done an incredible job and you're always getting her training and you're always making sure that she's empowered to make great decisions and to move up. Uh, like I said, with hops on board, you know, two dynamic individuals, Stephanie and Emily, who are going to do great things with that company. Right. I think that's, you know, really just you, you make sure when you have good people, you, you treat them well. 
my grandfather always said uh, in business, you know, it's, it's the customer that's always right, but the people treating the customer are your employees. So you hire great employees, you treat your employees well, because they look after your customers and yeah. the rest takes care of itself. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. But again, like, you know, everyone is part of that team. And I really believe in teams uh, and you surround yourself with the right people. Everyone's got a different talent that they bring. Everyone's got a different asset that, uh, that, that you rely on in business. And that's, uh, that's key. And it's the same in government, I think, uh, uh, all over the, the way that build, you know, we build up uh, government and cabinets and, and uh, departments and, and the city of Babel, we have 500 staff and we have so many great staff in the city and we're always trying to move them up. So very important. Okay. So kind of keeping with the government and we're going to shift gears a little bit from business, but for anybody who doesn't really understand your, what would your job as an MP for the Bay of Quinney be? What would you be responsible for? So the biggest thing is, is you're representing the Bay of Quinney nationally, a national interest and vice versa. Also representing uh, through, through Canada, the Bay of Quinney. So not every decision uh, always will be for the Bay of Quinney, but you'd like to think that the constituency you're serving, you have them top of mind. So uh, anything nationally, uh, you know, we're looking at defense, you look at, uh, you know, provincial uh, relations, uh, we look at uh, ways that uh, we're creating jobs, uh, our military, uh, you know, big, big top end decisions, uh, trade, uh, economic development uh, as a whole, uh, GDP, you know, how, how we're bringing companies in, our workforce, immigration, big top decisions are from the government. Where, where it matters here, uh, a lot of times uh, when you have a constituency office, it's, it's handling problems. Uh, with passports and making sure that, uh, you know, if, if people are looking for citizenship, that, uh, that we have ways that they're, they're being helped with. Um, but, but moreover, it's, it's really, you know, the federal government's where the buck stops. It's the top part of this country. If we have major, major issues like we do here in, uh, in making sure we have enough uh, skilled labor, we're missing about 2,000 jobs right now, to, uh, to problems with labor in, in, uh, in different businesses or, or agriculture, uh, to, to programs where we need people who people are having problems, you know, having enough money as seniors to get by. The federal government looks at that, and it's up to the federal government to be looking at strategies and policy uh, that really helps the provinces, which is the next level of government, and then helps the municipal government, which, you know, municipal government is the closest government to the people. It's our roads, it's our sewers, it's, uh, it's, it's the uh, potholes, it's the uh, the library, uh, you know, anything that really you think, uh, I love being a counselor because it really is the one that, that uh, is directly uh, the person that, that's responsible for the most amount of things locally. But federally, it's strategic about how we're doing as a country, the amount of money we're spending to help make sure that we have a great way of life. And uh, like I said, those that, that are most vulnerable are seniors and our military veterans. They're getting uh, certain uh, help and, and, uh, and there's policy decisions that help them on their way. So to me, what I love about uh, the idea of being uh, the MP for the area is I'm very strategic like I am in business. You know, I want to make sure uh, that the bigger problems that we have here are solved. Uh, number one, that we have uh, income disparity here. We have a lot of poverty. The average medium household income is only 55000 in this area. The provincial average is seventy five, so we're $20,000 uh, in separation from the provincial average to here. And it's, I'll tell you, as a municipal politician, you see it with our growing rates of, uh, uh, well, un not unemployment per se, but it's poverty, 
uh, and it's uh, homelessness and we're seeing that grow uh, and people just needing assistance. Uh, you know, that's, it's a big deal and it's hard. It's a hard uh, problem to have and to solve. It's very complex. We just don't create jobs or jobs just aren't filled. We need to have more training uh, for our students here uh, and, and for people who have been working so that they can get the jobs that are paying a lot more. Uh, 2,000 jobs can't be filled because we don't have enough skilled employees. Employees haven't been trained to fit the jobs that are needed. And so we need to, to fit that. Um, in some instances, we have a lot of homes that have been bought here in the last uh, five, 10 years by retirees. So we have a lot of retirees either that have retired here. So we have a higher, uh, we have a higher demographic of, of, of people over 50 or 60. And we need to keep making sure we backfill with more youth. Either we're keeping our youth here or we're bringing youth in because it's important because those people give back to the economy. They, uh, they're, they're able to fill jobs, uh, the vacancies that we have come up. Um, and we're just able to have a more prosperous area. And I think it's just a matter of balance and making sure we're strategic on, on goals here to make sure we're growing and we're seeing some prosperity. But, but again, back to that income, we want to make sure that the income is growing here. You know, the average house price is just eclipsed. Uh, it's, it's over, over $500,000 now. Six years ago, it was only two sixty-eight. How much longer is it going to be before that price is just unaffordable for those that live here? And we don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's complex, but you know, one of the aspects is growing that wage, which is going to help. Uh, number two is making sure we have and part of the reason we can't build enough homes. We don't have a skilled labor. We, we don't have enough, uh, you know, plumbers, electricians. Uh, I know your uncle, uh, works for us. Paul He's a great guy. And, and he's, uh, I think his, uh, his son's moving on to be a firefighter, but I mean, we're always looking for those skilled trades. It's up to three or 400 we're missing. We need a lot of work and a lot of help to get that done as well. So a lot of work to do, but I, th I think uh, an MP strategically can look at those bigger issues over a longer period of time and start solving them. And, and I think the end result is a, is a growing prosperous region, which we all want. I think you're, you're bang on and, and you, going back to what you said about being strategic, it's so important because you see people in politics, and this is my personal opinion, um, who come from sectors perhaps that maybe they don't have so much experience in planning or in business. Like I, th I think there's a direct correlation between somebody in business and somebody in politics because it's, it's very similar mindset to you have a, a goal and you need to see it through. You don't just talk and make a bunch of promises and you know, then get, once you're elected, you don't follow through. Yeah. So it, it kind of leads me into my next question about conservatives. And this is something that, you know, as, as a younger person, I guess, not so young anymore, but you always hear younger people speak about conservatives as though they're wealthy, um, you know, older individuals. They, perhaps they don't care for new Canadians. What I hear from you is it's, it's a completely different mindset and it, it, it really looks at the overall picture. So to, to somebody who's perhaps voting for the first time, what can you explain to them about yourself and conservatives? You know, I think 
So there is, yeah, I think conservatives have been built up based on, on past politicians and, and past policies or, or, you know, again, people would say, well, I remember maybe uh, Mulroney or I remember, of course, more, more lately Stephen Harper and now Aaron O'Toole. Andrew Shear was there for a little while. And before that, you know, there's Robert Stanfield and there was Diefenbaker. You know, we can go way back. Yeah. Conservatism of its root uh, really believes in free market. Uh, really believes in competition. Uh, that in order to uh, to have a prosperous country, we need to be a competitive country. We need to make sure that uh, you know people are free to own land and own businesses, and are free to to make sure that they can uh, be successful. And the money that they earn should be theirs. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of other conservative ideas over the years, such as smaller government, uh, and uh, you know, and and making sure we have a strong military. You know, it comes down when it comes to government, always there's a policy convention. You get members in a room and you all decide on uh, on what should be and what should be happening. Right. What, what the government should look like. And we're about to hit that again in, um, in March for the Conservative Party. But those same basic principles are there. Small, small government, uh, making sure that our military is supported, uh, making sure that we have a, a competitive economy and a competitive country. Uh, you know, there's no. In, in a competitive country, in a competitive environment, in, 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 a, in a capitalist economy, uh, we really believe in competition, that, uh, that we should make sure that businesses have as, as much less red tape as possible and should be able to be competitive and to thrive. And my big belief is in rural Canada especially, and my brand has kind of been around rural innovation, that we're making sure that entrepreneurs and companies can thrive and start and grow and if we can do that across this whole country, uh, over our, our 3,600 rural municipalities, uh, we can start growing our GDP and becoming a, a much greater country in terms of the amount of wealth that we can generate. Uh, the, and, and with the wealth comes you know, greater, greater programming and you know, the ability to help more a greater arts and culture scene, uh, just a greater country. Uh, you know, the more that we can help that develop, <clears throat> Uh, the better a country it is. And I believe a conservative government is, is the government that really instills that. And it also <laughs> ties into my big belief. I'm a fiscal conservative and that we need to be doing that within our means. We cannot be dumping heaps and heaps of debt onto our children and our grandchildren uh, just because we can. I think if we're spending money and it's in a period where we need growth and I'm saying we do need stimulus now coming, coming out of this pandemic, but it needs to be invested growth, right? So money that's spent that invests in companies and our people so that when we're growing out of this, we're becoming a stronger nation with a stronger GDP, with stronger yeah. wealth that's, that stays here in this country, with greater jobs that pay a greater wage. And at the end of the day, that's what keeps the money in this country. And that's what allows us to pay for all the other things that, that we want and need as we grow into a better country. So, you know, Going back to, I think we've done that in some of our city centers. We have some great growing cities and tertiary cities right now, Calgary's and the Halifaxes and, uh, you know, the Burnaby's and the Laval's. Uh, but these cities like the Bay of Quinney region with, you know, the Pictons and the Trenton, yeah. the Quinney West and the Belvilles alongside the Kenoras and the Monctons and, you know, the Charlottetowns. That's what's going to make this country great is to continue to keep those cities growing. And that's going to take uh, people skills. It's going to take companies 
uh, investment in our companies to make sure they're growing and definitely entrepreneurship, making sure it's at the forefront that when we have Canadian ideas, they're going. And hey, I, I'm a big believer in a dream. We need a dream for Canada that which will also include, hey, we should have a Canadian electric car company. We should have uh, Canadian, uh, you know, food, food companies that are growing and that's, that's our export. We are, you know, our raw resources are our biggest export to this country. Wouldn't it be amazing if our innovation was second and right now innovation only is about two or 3%. So, you know, in that mindset, going back to that competitiveness and knowing that, uh, you know, we are made of, of a competitive group of, of, of Canadian entrepreneurs and companies, uh, making sure we spend time on that and knowing that the people here in Canada are resources that can be working and can be the ones not only as entrepreneurs, but those assets as employees to companies and helping them grow. That's what's going to grow this country. And it's going to be a, a country that's, uh, that leads the world in the next, uh, next 50 to 100 years. I love that. And I mean, that's, you partially answered my next question. And this is something that I speak with colleagues all the time. And it's as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, you always feel like sometimes the government is working against you. So when you're trying to do something or when the taxes you pay, you feel like perhaps they're not behind you for you to grow. In fact, they're impeding your growth. But by the sounds of it, Ryan, and I'll let you expand on this a little bit, that's completely opposite of what you think. Yeah, the government, you know, <laughs> a lot of times business will say, what do I need from government? Well, you need them to get out of the way. Uh, you know, government needs to be there to regulate, you know, at some point. And, and I'm also, you know, a big believer that, you know, when, when you don't allow competition or fair competition, it also impedes growth for any companies. Uh, the example is uh, South Korea uh, visited there. We have a sister ship with Belleville called Gampo, which is the south part of Seoul. And when you look at South Korea, they're run by, it's called the Charbos, which is five companies, which have become bohemists. But really, add, they had half the GDP to the country, which are Samsung, LG, uh, Hyundai, right? We're great, good companies. But they stop any SME, small, medium enterprise, from starting. And that's where you have, when you have a limit to, to companies and where they should be. You should have always fair competition. You should always have the ability, and government should regulate business only to make sure that other business, a business can start and businesses can grow. And then you have fair competition. And you know what? F businesses are going to fail when there's... You know, we are saying there's five lawyers, sometimes in a, in a small town, one of them are going to are not going to succeed because four of them are better or better marketers or they have clients they've been able to keep a hold of or they're better in customer service or what have you. And that's OK. Right. In, in, in business, we learn that failing is fine. You learn from failing. And a lot of entrepreneurs who fail start a new business and you fail fast. The term we like to hear is and then you have <laughs> and the companies, a lot of times people have failed start again and they do a better job, right? Uh, you talk to entrepreneurs like Elon Musk or it doesn't matter who you talk to, a lot of them have failed before they've, they've succeeded. So knowing that mindset, we need to make sure in Canada that government is helping businesses start up and succeed and in some instances fail and fail fast if, if they're not going to make it because those entrepreneurs can be helped into starting something else. And a lot of times, it's not just money that we're offering you know, a lot of support to businesses when we saw companies grow in Quinnovation, it was, it was the mentorship that helped these businesses grow, right? When we talk about teams, and teams is really important as this theme, 
the team that we saw in businesses, a lot of times there's three parts to it. I'd say four. You need a good financer. You need to know someone who knows money that you're not spending more than you're making. You need yeah. to have a good marketer, someone who knows how to get in front of people because every business needs people to survive. Yeah. And three, you need someone who knows that product or service because if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fail. And I'd argue the fourth one is in that people side, but the marketing is also customer service, right? How to hold on to a customer and how to keep that customer. So those yeah. four things, if you have those teams and if government can help again with mentorship and then we have people helping people, and that's what we did for Quinnovation. We teamed up, we're called entrepreneurs and residents or they were experts or mentors for these companies. That was the one asset that helped these companies grow. So as a government, if we helping companies, you know, grow, making sure that we, they get employees, making sure that we're filling, uh, you know, if, if part of it is finance, absolutely, you know, helping. And there's great government resources like BDC that help with some funding. Uh, and that's a government uh, resource to, you know, Trenval and Pella, some of these other uh, CFTCs in the area. Mm -hmm. That's what government should be doing is helping and getting out of the way when, when on, the, on the other side and helping to regulate. But not, uh, you know, again, what we've seen sometimes in government where you're waiting uh, six to eight months for something or six to eight weeks or putting regulations in that stop business or impede growth. Uh, those are things where government, you know, has to get out of that way for that. So there is a good use for it. Uh, it's got to be spelled out, Laura. And a lot of times uh, you, need, you need entrepreneurs in government to, to help make sure that that's happening. For sure. And change in business happens so quickly. And sometimes, obviously, things take time in government and, and decisions take time. But in business, sometimes you need to pivot and pivot fast. So, I mean, that's, that's what we need to work on. I think that the government needs to understand that uh, sometimes businesses need things uh, quick. But yeah. last question, Ryan, what's your 10-year plan? I love that question. That's my one question to everyone in interviews. I always ask what their five-year plan is. It's a good, it's a strategic plan, right? It, it, it sees that people have, have a strategic thinking or priorities because everyone should have a five or 10-year plan, right? Yeah. You know, when I got into this, uh, and I'll say when I got into Bay tourism as a chair, uh, sort of been 15 years ago, and, and I was in there for about six, well, about almost 10 years, you know, my big thing at that point was, you know, to help the area grow, uh, put Quinny on the map. It wasn't just, it wasn't Belleville at that time. It was never Belleville. It was always, it's always Quinny. Bay of Quinney is this region. It's how we operate and grow. And, and more importantly, how we compete with other areas that are growing, uh, like Kingston. We, we can't ever compete as Belleville or as Quinney West or as, or as Prince Edward County even all year round. It's the Quinney region where we compete yep. in terms of population growth. We compete with trying to attract employees trying to attract, uh, you know, workers and, uh, and new residents. And, and to, to the latest thing was, you know, entrepreneurs and, and companies, right, to, to start, uh, to have people to start companies. So my 10-year plan is to continue the work that I started, which is to have this area grow, to be vibrant, uh, to, again, get out of this, uh, this income disparency we have, to, to have higher wages and to make sure that we have uh, people and companies that are doing well, and because that, that does all the other things that I want to see, right? It, it takes away, it helps to alleviate our, our poverty. It helps to create a greater arts and culture scene. It helps to bring uh, our downtowns to life. Uh, you know, and it helps you know, just people in this area because at the end of the day, no matter what I do as an MP or as a businessman or as a volunteer or just as a, as a father, 
Uh, I want this area to grow. I want this area to succeed. And so my 10-year plan is to continue to work as hard as I can on my strategy, my vision, which is to make sure that we're working to the bigger things because that will help the small things at the end. And I, you know, I, again, I'll talk to it uh, altruistically. You know, I want my children to be able to, to have opportunity here and not to do what we, we, a lot of my friends have done and a lot of my friends' children have done, which is uh, to have to leave, to go to Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or the yeah. U.S. or across the world to get a job because they're not here. So I think, you know, when it comes to regionalization and my role here, my 10-year plan is that we're going to have opportunity here in 10 years, that we're going to be better off than we were now, that we'll have some great jobs that are growing, that because of that we have our downtowns growing and we have great festivals and events. We have a great arts and culture scene. We have more restaurants. We have more things to do. Uh, and at the end, we, you know, we have just a, a great growing, better community. I mean, we're already great. This Bay Aquini region is, is amazing. There's so many people that are doing so many great things and, and giving back and contributing. I just want to make sure it's the best it can be. And that's the 10 year plan. Man, that's like, honestly, and I, I had a conversation with somebody about you um, before, you know, we went into this or before you agreed to come on here. And one thing that was mentioned was how genuine and how genuinely you care about the area. You're somebody who actually really cares. And it's, it's so rare to see that somebody as busy as yourself, you don't need to get involved. You, you, you have no, there, it doesn't, it benefits you, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, excel your business or, or, or anything like that. So to, to see somebody who, who cares, it, it just, it means a lot to me as somebody from the area, to my family, to everybody who works for us. And, and we appreciate it, brother. Just keep it up. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. No, appreciate it. And keep up what you're doing. You're doing a great job awesome. here. So it's nice Thanks, to have Ryan. some more podcasts in the region. So yeah, <laughs> glad, glad this worked out today through COVID. We can use all the technology to our disposal. So thank you very much. Good Thanks, job. Ryan. Care, man. Bye. All right. All the best.